Hi, everybody. Welcome to Slightly Something Else. My name Hi, is listeners. Jack Packard. I'm Yahtzee Grosjean. And this week, we're talking about the Wolverine game, <laughs> because you wanted to. I'm not really a superhero guy, generally. Mm-hmm. I describe myself as superhero adjacent, but I think most of the world is. Superheroes have now kind of taken over mainstream media i think everyone knows about like superhero culture now people people yeah, know yeah. now yeah i'm i'm aware of superhero movies usually through memes i don't uh, i don't really go out of my way to watch any of them okay. i've watched a small number not very many mm-hmm. uh, the last one i saw in the cinema was the first wonder woman because my wife insisted um it's a fine movie it's a fine movie. <laughs> I never really, I was never really into superhero comics. Okay. I read comics, just I was never really like superhero ones. Hmm. And that's that's very fair. I, I've, you know, read a lot of car- comics, uh, mostly superhero comics myself. I also do enjoy a non-superhero comic. Um, so speaking as a non-superhero, totally immersed person, my understanding of Wolverine is that he is a very angry man mm-hmm. who has uh, claws that comes out of his hands. You're correct. And he, ca- and he can't die. And Insomniac Games are making a video game about him. And as I recall, the last one they made, uh, well, that's someone made about Wolverine, went down all right. Mm-hmm. Wolverine Returns, I think it was. Wolverine Returns Origins, that was the full title. Whew surprised i remembered that mm. and it was a god of war ripoff in the era of god of war ripoffs although i seem to remember getting some headlines just by being really really gory in the way the movie was based on wasn't and i could see that but like wolverine as a god of war ripoff makes a ton of sense well yes because Be- he's got claws and he's angry <laughs> he's got claws he's angry and he has regenerating health and i guess like to me my, what my issue is, is like, I think Insomniac Games has found a way to nail Spider-Man. They, you know, like you play yes. the Spider-Man they PS4 the games. Yes, they were the ones who made the Spider-Man PS4 games and Miles Morales, mm-hmm. you should probably say. Absolutely. And and those games make you feel like Spider-Man, swinging around the city, your spider senses, your, your you know, your Arkham-style combat. You your use of your web technology like it makes you feel like spider-man and i think they nailed that feeling which is a very ethereal and and nebulous thing to nail in a video game sure ethereal incidentally is the word what did i say i i can't remember it was it was wrong whatever it was <laughs> Perfect. ethereal Ethe- what did of I- or to the ether ethereal Yes. Hmm, there you go. Uh, Why are you picking on me for my webcam, you bunch of bullies? Are they bullying you for your well, webcam? Yeah, they're, they're bullying me because you've got nice, crisp image and professional lighting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I've got a cheap-ass Logitech webcam and the ceiling lights in my office. I am a professional video producer and Yahtzee makes cartoons. He should not be concerned about having the best webcam. <laughs> well, technically, I'm a professional video producer, too. Touche. That I produce videos, and it is my profession. That okay, but you, you're, you, you're not a shooter. You're a, you're a photoshopper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad you didn't say animator because even that is far too lofty. That's a phrase for the shit that I do. <laughs> well, anyway. Well, anyway. So they, they have 
captured this Spider-Man-y feel. And I think if you were to take away that Spider-Man-y feel from the Spider-Man games, you would have a very generic action game. And yes, that's... there are many Spider-Man games that are very generic action games. Yes. A lot of them uh, side-on brawlers, yeah. thinking about it. Absolutely, because that's all you can really do with a superhero that's fun, except for the new Spider-Man games where you swing and do fun things. Well, there are some Spider-Man open world games pre-Insomniac Spider-Man that try to do like web swinging and stuff, but none of them were very good. You're right. There's something about uh, web swinging that you have to get it right, otherwise it's just not as satisfying. Absolutely. There has to be, I think there has to be an element of skill to it. A lot of the crappy open worlds is basically just hold, press in a direction and hold down the swing button and Spider-Man does the job for you. Mm-hmm. But when swinging has been done right in Spider-Man games, it's because there's skill to it. You can fuck it up. Mm. You can and it feels more satisfying to do because it feels like you're doing something impressive. Absolutely. Absolutely. It feels like you're doing something superhuman. And I'd like yeah. to directly contrast and compare that to uh, Batman Arkham Knight. Batman Arkham games, also good games for making you feel like the superhero who is the main character. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the the multiple enemy combat style that was popularized mm-hmm. via Arkham Asylum but and the sneak and the sneaky predating ooh let's not forget about being sneaky being a detective all that fun stuff but i'd like to compare Arkham Knight with Spider-Man in our traversing the world getting in your batmobile sucked yeah the batmobile was dumb yeah it was a bad idea from the start Mm -hmm. because it was bad because it was throwing in like uh, a very very overt uh, superhero mechanic into a game that had up to that point been about subtlety Mm -hmm. even even the combat is about skillful precise movement Mm -hmm. whereas the the batmobile in arkham knight was just you know destruction derbies we smash everything blow everything up there was no finesse Yes. And so this is where this is I'm I'm extrapolating here and I'm thinking that that is where the Wolverine game is going to go. If they give us any sort of open world, Wolverine doesn't necessarily have traversal mechanics. Well, he can probably run fast. Uh, he cannot run fast. <laughs> he uh, Does he get he, does he get tired? I mean, if he, he regenerates then surely there's no way he can get tired. Yeah, he gets tired. His muscles because his well, it feels like they haven't thought this through at all, Jack. It it kind of feels like they they're making shit up as they go along and feature creep got the best of them. I mean, if you regenerated, well, you wouldn't get tired. That that's my only, that's my argument really. Well, it would still take some time to regenerate, and of course you would need some sort of caloric intake in order for that regeneration to happen. Look, if you can rebuild like a lost arm mm-hmm. within a couple of minutes, you can, you know, heal lactic acid out of your muscles in like a second, I'm sure. Theoretically. Theoretically. Uh, but, uh, you know, as far as comic canon is concerned, Wolverine is slightly stronger and faster than an average human, but not by much. Only, In fact, he's only slightly stronger because of his uh, adamantium bone structure. Well, there's no real consensus on, like, superheroes and exactly how much they can do or how little. One of the main reasons I don't really like superhero comics, because <laughs> if you're not, if you don't, 
to be very, very specific with the rules, then some writer will just be able to go, his powers did it. That's that's exactly like how um, the uh, the power creep happens in every single one. Like, oh, we'll just add this one little thing to explain this plot thing. And then the next writer, 10 years down the line, adds another little thing. And now Superman has freeze breath. Yeah, you see, you have to be specific. And even then, you know, you have to like gatekeep a little bit because they were very specific about Superman's powers. Mm-hmm. He's faster than a speeding bullet. Yep. He can leap tall buildings in a single bound. No, no mention of flight there. Correct. And uh, whatever else they said. Uh, as, uh, as strong as he was, uh, 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 he was faster than a, a speeding bullet, uh, as powerful as a locomotive. Yeah, see, there's an upper limit there. <laughs> He's as powerful as a locomotive. If he got hit by a locomotive, it would probably really take it out of him. Absolutely, absolutely. If he got hit by something faster and more powerful than a locomotive, it would wreck his shit. You can work with that. That's a weak point. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's not a hand wave. That's a limit. Correct. But now Superman is just invincible and can move faster than the human eye. Mm-hmm. And he can fly and can freeze breath. And he's totally awesome. And he's got super jeers that will go straight through like 11 women. Absolutely. He can impregnate 11 women at the same time. Uh, but that's in yeah, combination one of them with would, his laser Yeah, only breath. one of them would survive the process. Well, but, you know, that's the good one then, right? That's just yeah. natural selection. <laughs> Make sure Lois Lane is on the end of the line. <laughs> Uh, and I guess what to me, like what the point of this is, is Insomniac has done such a great job with Spider-Man only because they have kind of tailored all aspects of the gameplay to a superhero who has a variety of interesting powers and Wolverine does not. Well, the key for Spider-Man is the traversal powers. Mm-hmm. He's He's got an inbuilt interesting traversal power, which is, after all, the core gameplay loop, mm-hmm. the thing you're doing all the time. Mm-hmm. I guess your concern, as I'm reading it, is that Wolverine is basically just a generic hack-and-slash protagonist. Yeah. He hacks, hacks and slashes things, and he can regenerate. Yeah. Like every video game character. Give him, give him a chainsaw gun, and you're playing a Gears of War ripoff. Well, there's no reason to think they wouldn't do it any worse than any other game. In fact, there's a lot of games that are perfectly good, even though they do nothing new. They just do everything right. Mm. And that's fair. That's fair. I think I think a lot of it comes down to me as a comics reader. Um, I'm still running into Wolverine fatigue. Right. So Spider-Man, I guess the point of this, the whole like premise was that Spider-Man made you want to be like Spider-Man. But who would want to be Wolverine? correct because just from my perspective yeah not me seems like he has a pretty tough time of it (laughs) i mean he seems very angry all the time we want to be spider-man because he's upbeat and and like uh witty all the time probably implies he's having a good time yeah spider-man genuinely wants to be a hero and you know has of course some internal motivations to be the hero so you playing a spider-man want to be the hero yeah. wolverine uh in most iterations is like uh neutral at best i think and the other on the other end of the scale is batman of course but i think people want to be batman because batman is stoic batman keeps his head in a crisis he's <laughs> very good at what he does wolverine generally as i understand it, is characterized as being really angry i don't think people want to be angry hmm. that's not a nice feeling to be angry 
Whenever I get angry and like lash out, I always feel bad. Yes, yes, that's true. And and I think like people like the idea of Wolverine. Right. Like people love the idea of like being the gruff, angry, bad boy. Uh, But I think they like the idea more than they would like being that person, because I think Wolverine's a miserable person. Yeah, he's miserable because he's done all this killing. Yeah, because he's got knives on his hands. I mean, try having knives on your hands and being good at anything other than than killing. Maybe (laughs) um, chopping vegetables. Right. And you can't chop vegetables your whole life. You, I mean, maybe maybe that's what the game is going to be, is like Wolverine becomes a chef and it turns into yep. like cooking mama. <laughs> maybe Wolverine's got a secret twin brother who just uh, decided to devote his life to chopping vegetables rather than killing and is generally, you know, better spirited all around. And it's just like a rhythm game. Do, 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 do. Now I'm picturing a Doom Eternal style game where you're playing as a Wolverine, and I, like I guess like that that would be the that would be the counter end of this is like it's a lot of fun playing Doom. It's a lot of fun playing an early God of War game because they are mindless, you know, visceral, slashy games. Yeah, I think Kratos worked despite being an angry character, not because we wanted to be him, but because he was just interesting to watch. Yes. What boundary are you going to overstep next, you mad bastard? Actually, I was talking about Kratos in today's episode of Dev Diary that came out. Check it out. And how his character arc was basically finished in the first game. And um, the fact they kept trying to milk more games out of it is why he he became such a mad bastard. (laughs) Right, right. Well, but... Wolverine is also a known character. And so it's like, I think, you know, you if you have a game like the original God of War or, you know, Doom and you're the Doom Slayer, we're not playing those games to be a character, to like be enveloped in their lives. We are playing those games to smash and burn, right? To rip and tear, yeah. if you will. Yeah. But once you stick an IP on that, like Wolverine, you know they're going to try to, you know, delve into the story of Wolverine, which is all bullshit. Anyway. They want him to seem like a heroic person. Right. Not just mad-killing bastard person. He's he's secretly got depths mm. and shit. He's the he's the the thief with the heart of gold. He is. Oh, he's you're not gonna like him at first, but he'll warm up to you. Or you'll warm up to him. Yes, and he and he's always kind to animals and children. And if anyone's not kind to animals and children, he rips their intestines out. <laughs> While the child screams and is traumatized for life. Correct. That is exactly what the game is going to be like. It'll be, it'll well, be like Sonic is, the Hedgehog. Well, the other thing is his, he's immortal, isn't he? He's like 100 years old. Uh, you know, immortal, that, that's a big word. He's, he, he'll, he will... He, he, does, he doesn't age. He ages significantly slower than everyone else. Okay. Depend depending on the continuity, like you know, he's well. A if he had full regen, well, if he had full regenerative powers, there's no reason why he should age at all. Entropy gets us all in the end, Yance. <laughs> so there's a some, 
Wasn't there a comic where he like grew himself entirely back from being caught in a nuclear blast? I'm sure. I'm sure there was. But I know like, that from pop culture osmosis. You know, there, he's also like an old man Logan in in certain comics. The movie Logan, he's an old man. You know, as you age, you his regeneration powers weaken. Is the general idea? Okay, so he's just he's not immortal. He's just good at it extended life there you go that's a good way to put it he has a significantly extended life well you know that's another reason nobody really wants to be him i suppose because you know immortality always sounds great until you have it that's like the theme of every single fictional work about an immortal person Mm. with the possible exception of the hob gadling side plot from neil gaiman's sandman comic series Ooh, okay there's a character in like a recurring character in Neil Gaiman's Sandman who's immortal, but he's just fine. Yeah, he just lives forever. It's like, yeah, I'm doing all right. Still don't want to die, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I think like I think the, the that whole by the way, that that's like one of the tiredest tropes is like the the burdened the burden of yeah. the immortal, where it's like, no, no, everyone would love it. Everyone would have a great time. Oh, my friends died, I'll make new friends. Fine. <laughs> well, wouldn't that make you incredibly jaded? Because you'd be unable to like make any sort of emotional connection to people because you'd because they all just piss off. You, you can people die in, in real life, and you make new friends. It's fine. Everything's I've, fine. I've like like knocked around the idea of immortal characters as a writer, and I always come to the conclusion that they're just going to end up not caring about anything or anyone. I mean, sure, you can make new friends, but you're going to have bugger all in common with any of them. Imagine if you're like 80 years old and trying to like get along with 20 year olds today because you look like one of them. That's true. And you want to talk and you want to talk about zoot suits and how tough it was in the Great Depression. And they just want to talk about Adele and <laughs> Billie Eilish, several other names I've heard people say. <laughs> isn't that like thinking about it? Isn't that the creepiest part? Of the Twilight books and movies where he's like a a hundred year old vampire, but he still goes to high school. It's like, ew. Yeah. Yeah. Cruising for a teenage toddy. Yeah. Ew. I mean, is it better or worse because he still looks like a teenager? It's worse. It's significantly worse. I suppose. I I guess, yeah. Teenagers don't have the emotional development that he'd have. (laughs) Right. Like, he'd want to talk well, about, like, yes. you know, his taxes and stuff. And, like, what are you talking about, dude? Well, the young, very few young adult plots hold up to scrutiny. Fair. And that, I guess that gets us back to Wolverine, because <sighs> very little about that character holds up to scrutiny either. <laughs> Wolverine is meant to be a side character. Wolverine is meant to be a sidekick. He works really well in a group dynamic. If if we look at the X-Men books, which I enjoy generally, uh, you know, Cyclops is the leader of the X-Men. He is a boring fuck. He is, you know, follow right. the rules and everyone work together. And Wolverine is the scrappy sidekick who sometimes bends the rules or breaks them, but, you know, works against our, our main hero. And that's where he shines as a character character maybe say so i mean uh every superhero has been written by like a million different people who all have different takes yeah and the impression i always got from wolverine is that he was a clint eastwoody uh man with no name he stranger comes to clean up town kind of dude that who is a protagonist who usually is a protagonist 
Yes, I I would argue. You know, I'm just I'm just being a bouncer is here. Yeah, you just you just bounce, you superhero liking fuck. <laughs> I think I think I think heroes like that, like Western heroes, can work in a limited capacity. I think. Uh, and you know, as as a, a writer and as someone who is incredibly well read, um, uh, a a western, a, a movie is you know a couple of hours long. We have to deal with this curmudgeonly character for a relatively short time span, whereas something like comic books is this ongoing saga. Our hero can't be a dickhead for forty hours. That's another thing I don't like about superhero comics the fact that they just keep going on and on and on and attracting all this canon like fluff going through the like garments going through the spin dryer and getting loads of fluff attached right and then you can't break into it because you have to know like the last 50 years of canonical story changes and they try rebooting it and they go hey you can get new list readers in now but the new readers fail to show up so they just bring all the fucking cannon back in mm. let it slowly creep back in and then it's back to square one right because it's just like keeping keeping the books fresh for the people who are already buying them by doing the same thing that the people who are already buying them already buy them for a story is only truly satisfying when it's ended Ooh. a character is only fully rounded once their arc is over Try to keep going past when the arc is over. Then they just they just do what's termed on some sectors of the web flanderization, where they become Ned Flanders. Flanderization. Yeah. So if you get a character that just sort of exists in status quo forever, then eventually they just sort of gravitate to the most clearest and obvious facts about them. So where Ned Flanders in The Simpsons started as just sort of a rival character to Homer. You know, he's the next door neighbor who's generally got things together better, making more money, uh, generally morally better, more cheerful, and sure. generally doing better. He's the stock, you know, rival householder character. Mm. But over time, because he has no arc and he has nowhere to go, he just sort of gravitates to the most obvious uh, points in the character and just becomes a Jesus freak. Like, the only thing he is in later Simpsons is just, you know, stock Jesus free. Yes. That's what happens to characters that keep going and going and going. They just, just the, the couple of main points just stand out and everything just sort of and that, coagulates and around that. And then he's that. a super Jesus freak. And then that, that part of his life just gets built more and more and more and more until, until all yeah. you're left with is the caricature and not the original model. I believe you, your colleague Mike Stiklasa made a similar point in his Plinkett review of uh, the new Star Trek, mm. where all the characters are just like the characters from the old series, but electrified <laughs> and supercharged, <laughs> just zeroed in on their one like thing that makes them special, sure. and then they're like a galaxy class example of that. Sure, sure, I could, I could absolutely see that happening, and so that's something that has also happened with Wolverine. Then is you know he started off as this kind of you know gruff and tumble uh a gruff rough and tumble character and then those little elements get amplified and amplified to where over time that's all he is is a, hmm. a curmudgeonly be, uh, uh crab ass yeah hmm. he's he's the gruff dude who 
does the violence. He's the gruff dude who does the violence. Correct. Yeah. And uh, Kray- Kratos again. <laughs> and while that can work in short bursts, that's not someone I feel like we can spend a whole, you know, a tw- I, I, that's something that's someone I feel like we can't spend 20 hours with. Right. But we can with Spider-Man. But we because, can with Spider-Man. Um, Correct. Spider-Man brings with him like that uh, interesting core gameplay mechanic. Correct. So if the Wolverine game is going to work out, see, here's how I think I would do it if you like gave me the brief of doing a Wolverine game. Well, just, you know, fuck giving the main character, like, a personal plot. Okay. Just drop him into a new plot that he's, like, affecting. Stranger comes to clean up town, Clint Eastwood. Sure, sure, sure. Thing. And then put all the focus you can into making the combat visceral and satisfying. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if you're not doing anything new, you could just do everything right. Ooh. How about the um, the cutting things up mechanic from Metal Gear Rising Revengeance? Okay, uh, remind me of that as it's been a hot minute. Well, the big uh, gimmick of that game was that you had a big sword that could cut through anything. Mm. And uh, one of the, you could like choose the custom angle of how to cut things. And all the physics objects in the world you could cut in half along like custom lines. Ooh, okay. So, you could, so if, if all your character has is knives on their hands, then the whole world looks like a melon, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I'm totally with you. Uh, are we or or do we believe that Insomniac will be okay with such a uh, R-rated game? Well, the last Wolverine game was like very very violent. Okay, but I seem to recall they really leaned into the regenerating health stuff. You, there was like you could see huge open wounds all over your body when you got hurt, mm-hmm. and then you got to watch them slowly the wounds slowly close up. Quite a nice bit of graphical tech going on there. Mm. So that was fun. I think, and if you built a, like a gameplay mechanic around sort of a little bit dead spacey, maybe where you could like slice people's limbs off, and just and just to, like really lean into that, make it really organic. So you could like slice someone's arm off and then pick it up and smack them around the head with it. And you could adjust, try to adjust the character's animations based on use some sort of like physics mechanics. They could adjust their animations based on how much body they've got left. Sure, like so you could make them fall over and wriggle about on the ground, going, "Oh no, I've got no arms and legs." And then you could. This is probably saying more about me than anything else, isn't it? Well, no. I what I what I'm picturing here, and I'm wondering, I'm wondering how they can do this. What I'm picturing here is something like the the Bloodborne monster limb mechanic, where in Bloodborne you can go after the boss's legs to make them move slower. You can go after their arms to injure their arms. Yeah, that's a you know it's a classic thing like body targeting stuff. Yeah, There's a lot of games that do that. Shoot them in the hands, drop their weapons, shoot them in the legs to slow them down. I'm saying do that as like viscerally as possible. Okay. That there's your there's your big cell, there's a big USP. You can slice someone's leg off and then they have to hop around. <laughs> We've like got a whole different range of animations for someone who's having to hop around and fight. <laughs> I mean, yes, and just like the 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 fountains of blood pouring out of them. Yes, exactly. Shashank seven one seventy like Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, but you know, no one else is doing it at the moment. Yeah. What is the AAA industry if not a long sequence of just remembering something we did a few years back and figuring out how to do it in the current technology and then <laughs> pretending like we've invented it? Yeah, yeah. I like it. Okay. I, I could see I could see us having a game that is solely like, you know, close up combat focused. You know There was a game oh. by Rebellion called Never Dead. Never did. where the main where the main character 
could lose all of their limbs and continue going. Like that was that was their gimmick. If they got damaged in the arm, you'd have to like get by with one arm. If you got your leg cut off, you'd have to make do with one leg until you all regenerated back. And like if you lost everything, you'd just be a head rolling around. And the only way to like die permanently was to get was to let your head get eaten by something. <laughs> uh, I like it. I like it. Uh, I think that would be great. I think it would be also like it would be amazing if the same was true for Wolverine. Like if if his arm got burnt off, if all the flesh and bits got burnt off, and we just were left with the the uh, adamantium skeleton, he wouldn't be able to move that skeleton until his what arm if, muscles if, grew, grew back. What if this is this might be hard to implement? But what if you had like a different control for every body part? <laughs> Uh, okay, okay. I'm gonna listen okay, to you, say, but I have comments already. Okay, let's say I'll get my I'll get my controller out. Okay, here. yeah, yeah. I'm ready. I'm Let, ready. Let's say let's say this button is your left arm, uh-huh. this button is your right arm, the Y button is your head, and the A button is your legs. Okay. So you run up to an enemy and then you press B, just like punch them with your right, then you press X and just punch them with your left, press Y to headbutt them. Uh-huh. And if any of those limbs get chopped off, you can't use that one button. So you can't like do the combos you might want to do. <laughs> but so you but there's lots of different combos. So you could switch out to like just a left arm and headbutt combo. Sure, sure. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I I you know, a for effort is what I'm gonna say here. A for effort. I don't. I can't imagine that would be f- fun to play. <laughs> I'm just. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, uh, that's basically describing like you've, you've, uh, most of your combat systems. You've got one button for light attacks mm. with your arms, one button for heavy attacks with uh, something else. I'm just saying, like, literally tie light attack to arms, heavy attack to head. Yeah. So, and like two different kinds of light attack for your two different arms. And then have lots of different interesting combos. Or maybe like one arm's holding one weapon and one arm's holding another weapon. Sure, sure, sure. So you got a light weapon in one hand and a heavy weapon in the other. Well, I guess that doesn't work with a Wolverine because he's just got the same knives on both hands. But if you had something like that, you could like build combos the way you do in games like Devil May Cry. But if you'd lost one limb until that grew back, you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to use combos that use that button. I like I you like know, that you'd, idea. You'd, you'd have to you'd have to be on the ball and be keep aware of uh, what. Uh, limbs you still had i think that's that could be really fun in practice as far as like like not being forcing a player to think of new combat strategies because their arm got melted off yeah and so they could either like could either like concentrate on trying to get their arm back yeah or they could you know switch combat styles it'd be like a, a play it your way sort of combat system yeah we're going to focus on keeping ourselves intact, or we're just going to be flexible. I would, I would love it if it had some sort of like spin punch that would still work with your floppy arm. Like you know, your knives are out and you just spin <laughs> around. And what's that called? What's that? A lariat? <laughs> I think it's called a lariat. Okay, sure. A, sp- a spinning lariat. I think it was what Dead Rising <laughs> called it, where you just spun around with your arms out and clotheslined all the zombies. Right, and so both of your arms are melted off. Uh, like, it's just Wolverine yeah. twirling, which would still do a fair number of damage. <laughs> oh, I think, we can, I think we can put a large sum of money right now on this new Wolverine game having some kind of spin attack. Uh, yes. Along, along the lines that you described. They, they all have the spin attack, absolutely. I think that could mm. be, that would be interesting, and I think that's, that kind of gets to the heart of 
what I'm worried about is what I wanted this conversation to be about, which is what does Wolverine have that's unique to his character that they can then incorporate into the gameplay mechanics? And so you've figured it out, Yahtzee. You've done it. There you go. Bat and mutton chops. Bat and big mutton chop sideburns. And they grow in real time, and so you have to, every once in a while, like, shave them yeah, down. Like, like the Witcher. Like the, exactly. <laughs> and then think, do I want to keep the mutton chops? Shall we try, like, the clean shave and look for a while? But it only lasts for a couple minutes. <laughs> yeah, because your hair grows so fast. Because you regenerate, you except regenerate. it doesn't. Because you look like Jesus within seconds. Right. right. And as and again, they, the characters with regenerating characters really haven't thought it through. I mean, there was a webcomic, well, not a very good webcomic, but it explored the concept of like a regenerating character, and they had that character like decide to like you know fuck combat in the head and just live in a hospital and have their organs constantly being taken out so that they could provide organ transplants for everyone who needed them Ooh. and then uh, make a better world that way. I like it. I like it. <laughs> if maybe Wolverine could do that, selfish bastard. Honestly, yeah, Wolverine, you could be like the best universal donor. Just here's a kidney. Here's a kidney. Yeah. Here's a kidney. Yeah, have, have as many as you want. <laughs> I guess it would only work with people who share his blood type. Sure. But he maybe maybe have one of the universal blood types. We, well, we don't know. He might be AB positive. There's no way of knowing. And, and then that's also like, just speaking of like tropey things, that's also a very like comic book tropey thing where, you know, like someone like Wolverine is imprisoned so that he can't, like they, he's forced to donate all of his organs for the betterment of society, right? And it's not his choice. Yeah. yeah. Got to be rescued. I mean, this is the question that arises when you have any character who's got like you know magic blood, or whatever it is. Why don't why why isn't anyone farming them? Right. <laughs> why why are they so special that they get to keep it all? <laughs> why isn't anyone farming them? Because it's morally wrong. That's why. Why? <laughs> I mean, let's say worst case scenario, everyone who gets a donated organ gains regeneration powers as well. What what would be the problem with that? Uh, go on why would that be a problem uh you know there was a doctor who about this there was a doctor who about this very thing the uh the one where london was on the back of a giant space whale okay do you remember this do you, are you a doctor who no no oh, no sorry sorry uh you know i hear the accent and i thought i was talking with darren uh. <laughs> <laughs> yes i'm british we all watch doctor who all the time it's the only show we love yes that's what that's and what all everyone assumes i want to sitting on my city with my tea wearing my bowler hat all the that's all we watch just doctor who 24 7 mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and eating battenberg cakes what, what, what more stereotypes i will list more british stereotypes <laughs> Thank you. That's all I wanted was more British stereotypes. Uh, well, you no, know, but I guess what I'm saying is there there is fun to be had within the Wolverine world. Um, yes, and there I, you go. And I there you go. I don't think they're going to have any of that fun. <laughs> I, I think they're going to make a very standard uh, hacky slashy game, uh, it, which I mean, obviously they do very well making combat. I just think uh, let's let's all. 
all of us comic book fans, all of us Insomniac fans, let's start tempering those expectations is all – is really my point of view. Is I just wanted to be a big, a big wet blanket. That's all I wanted. Way ahead of you. Yeah. What, about, well, what bit does Wolverine regenerate from? I mean, I presume if you cut off, cut off an arm, the arm doesn't grow into another Wolverine. He just grows another – the base Wolverine just grows another arm. Right. So how much of Wolverine could you cut off and he'd still grow back? Is there any specific bit that if you cut out, he wouldn't be able to grow back? What, ha- what happens if you cut him directly down the middle, horizontally, vertically? Right? I want to say this was the exact, this was a Deadpool miniseries where he was cut in half and two Deadpools grew out of it. So the brain, then. Or it's just to which I believe the rule is whatever the biggest part is. And he was perfectly cut in half, so there was no biggest part, so they both grew in half. <laughs> Bollocks. Well, but that's Deadpool. What, he can have just, fun with it. Well, you we just cut the head off. Well, if you cut the head off, the, the body doesn't grow another head, you, well, does it? you can't cut the head off of Wolverine because he has so adamantium it's, So it's skeleton. not, but... He has what if you had an adamantium blade? That still wouldn't necessarily cut an adamantium skeleton. It's, it's comics. <laughs> all, right, what if, all right, what if you just peeled all the flesh off his bones? It would hurt him, and then they would grow back. Because we said he survived well, a nuclear well, blast. Well, why? I mean, if you, if you, I mean, you, it's just his skeleton's adamantium, right? So if you just peeled all the flesh off, that you'd just have an adamantium skeleton with no like body left. Well, then you would still have his like bone marrow and brain. Maybe that's where it comes from—the bone marrow. Why? Do, why are you making? I'm not a. I'm not a like a comics expert I'm, here. I'm I illustrating hate... a. I'm just illustrating a point that no one really thinks this shit through. No, because you don't have to. You know why? Because it's a, it's a comic book. You make your shit up as you go along. <laughs> hey, it's like I said, there need to be rules or you can just, you know, or there's no drama. Or you can just make up that the power's fixed it. Yeah. That's why there's got to be rules. More powerful, like as powerful as a locomotive. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's a rule. <laughs> no, it's not a rule. Anything they broke po- that right? rule. Well, that was the, pro- that was the problem, wasn't it? Yeah. You needed the drama. They broke that rule. They broke so many other rules. They gave him x-ray vision. They gave him laser eyes. They gave the man laser eyes. Yeah. That's effed up. That doesn't yeah. make any sense. How did that happen? How did that? I have no... Well, or heat vision. I'm sorry. Not yeah. laser eyes. Heat vision. He looks so hard, he starts I things mean, on fire. That's... Yeah, that's like unheard of in nature. Right. How, I don't, I'm not even sure how that works from a physics perspective. Ex- how do you how do you project heat out of your eyes? Exactly. Like you can almost excuse the freeze breath by like you know he blew so hard that he blew the heat away. Like all right, all right, <laughs> I'll give you that one. <laughs> Put your fan on full blast on a hot day. It's still a hot day. You just messed up your hair. Uh, but yeah, I agree that heat vision, that's, that might be the dumbest one, you know, except for x-ray vision. X-ray vision is pretty dumb too. See, if there's any superhero comic I do, I can read, it's usually like Batman. Sure. Cause that's, that's got a hard and fast rule. He's a human. I mean, he's kind of got infinite money, which is sort of, you know, as good as the superpower. I was going to say, Batman has a very similar feature creep, which is gadgets and money. Like Batman, yeah. when Batman started, his dad was a doctor, and that's why they had money. That's it. He was just a doctor. Yeah. Now, you know, the only way he can compete with the superheroes is that he has the superpower of infinite money. Right. 
infinite money and resources, and he's also the smartest. Don't forget that. He's the smartest person ever. See, this is this is what I was talking about. These characters that start off just being a smart guy yeah. or having enough money to get by, and then you just let them continue on for too long. Everything gets wibbly-wobbly, like the, the fluff coalesces around the main points, and then suddenly he's the richest motherfucker in the universe, and he's got the super brain that's the smartest brain ever. And Nightwing is like the best acrobat in the world. <laughs> and, and um, yeah, yeah, no, keep all of them, all of them. And, and uh, Tim Drake is the greatest detective, even rivaling uh, Ra's al Ghul as the greatest detective. And Batman, he's so much smarter, but not as smart as Batman because Batman's the smartest. You can't be smarter than Batman, but he's pretty smart too. Why doesn't Storm irrigate the Sahara? Why doesn't Iceman re- reverse climate change? Think about it. Think about it. Yeah. Think about it. Why didn't the wizards in Harry Potter defeat Hitler? Yeah. 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 <laughs> they were there. They could have stopped it, but they didn't. Think about that. Because they didn't care about muggles, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> well, you say that. Maybe they did stop him. Maybe that's why he shot himself. He was around for a long time. <laughs> well, you well, you know how bureaucracy they is. Could. I mean, the American the American government hasn't punished anyone for a fucking a coup attempt on the Capitol earlier in the year. Is it so surprising to learn that it would take about seven years for the wizards to finally stop talking about it and finally get around to making Hitler shoot himself? I mean, you're telling me not one wizard used a little teleportation spell? Like, one wizard with, like, a Jewish cousin in Germany what, d- didn't use a little spell to get in there early? Come on. <laughs> Come on. It, you know, I was thinking about how maybe, like, there were some, like, campaigns during the war where wizards, like, secretly helped out on the slide. Yeah. And that's why Hitler lost the war in the end. Ooh. And then I realized they literally were stage magicians employed by british intelligence in the course of the war really yeah they had like a dude what was his name i forget his name but um they actually hired him to um create gigantic magic tricks to make the germans like think they'd uh, the, the think the wrong thing like uh, it was a disintelligence campaign so they so he'd build like model tanks and like inflatable <laughs> tanks uh-huh. and put them in the desert so the germans would think the the allies were invading from there when secretly they were invading from like the other side of the country. Oh, how funny. They, um, they, uh, they, he like made a, uh, the mosquito factory in the UK look like it had been destroyed. Oh, when in, when in, because there was a double agent who'd been hired by the Germans to blow up the factory, but he was secretly working with British intelligence. So, in order to maintain that agent's cover, they had to make the factory look like it had been blown up. So, they hired this stage magician dude to, to do that. That, was, it, that literally happened. That, this was back when wars were fun. <laughs> this was back when wars weren't just whoever, whoever drops the biggest bomb wins. This was back when wars were fun. Uh, according to uh, Jesse in the chat, it's called. There's a documentary on Netflix about it. It's called The Ghost Brigade. Yeah. So uh, I know what I'm watching. Mosquito is a plane, Jack. Thank you, by the way, because I assumed it wasn't mosquito. Mosquito, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Mosquito was a f- sort of flimsy, inexpensive wooden airplane that was very easily mass produced, and as such, was one of the major factors in the British domination of the air war of the Second World War. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, yes. Well, no, no. I, I, like there could be fun stories in there. I, I just think like 
There could be just thinking specifically about wizards in World War II, where it's like, yeah, you know, if Hitler was a wizard, I guess, but then that's yeah, that's a whole other thing. Oh shit! We're way overdue for um, super chats, actually. Oh shit! We got caught up in wizards. <laughs> yeah, so we, we need to move to the super chats. Okay, let's move to super chats. Hey, everybody, we're going to do super chats now, yeah. where we read your super chats. Yeah, get those super chats in. Actually, I haven't had many. I guess because we forgot to remind people to do hmm. it. Well, here's but a do remember that your super chats help support the escapist, Absolutely. and uh, also you get your name read out by me, and then I'll probably insult you. Yeah, that's what everybody wants. So get those super chats in now while I'm reading out the ones we've gotten so far. Mm-hmm. First one from Scavenger, who we hear from a lot, who gives his usual $10 to say, re-powers, most good hero stories don't rely on the powers for anything but a flashy page. Superman's best enemies, like Luther Brainiac, name I'm not even going to try to pronounce, challenge his mind, not just my powers against yours. Oh, Mr. Mizkapixelips? Yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, because, I mean, the way you're describing it, that's the formula for every superhero film. Yeah. I mean, it starts off like there's the there's the cathartic second act where they enjoy their powers. Mm-hmm. Then the third act is always in some way negating the powers. Like there's an enemy who's got the same powers mm-hmm. or he lose, they lose their powers for the final battle. So they have to like use their good, honest smarts and stick to itiveness to like hit the balance yes yes absolutely or or they have to rely on something that they said earlier that they would never have to rely on and they learn a lesson Ooh, yes dang that's proving my point that superpowers are bad storytelling and for your evidence look at every single story about superpowers in which the superpowers have to be negated for the story to work superpowers are are flavor the flavor in which stories are told that's all it's the it's the power fantasy that hooks you in exactly but for it to actually work as a story they have to be out the door by the end Mm, not necessarily well you have you have to you have to uh create adversity you do have to create adversity uh hmm, interesting interesting I i mean correct me if i'm wrong is there like a uh, a superhero story about someone who gets powers and keeps the powers and saves the day with the powers and no factor in that changes throughout the course of the plot gets powers um gets powers keeps the powers and no factor in that changes throughout the plot i'm just trying to uh i'm trying it's to just fundamental story you can't be like you can't be the one who's powerful and winning right up to the end because because you have to there has to be adversity sure <laughs> i i want to say like if we if we I, i'm i'm trying to like make my way through your your rules here where it's like i th- i think a, a good example of a, of a superhero movie told well is is something like Shazam right where you know I, I don't know if you've seen the Shazam movie can't say I have, but uh, doesn't doesn't isn't doesn't he go up against a villain with the same powers? He does go up against neg- a villain with the same powers, negating his powers, right? But therefore, but but then it's you know the the truth of his powers is is uh, unfolded. So there's a little bit more power that he gains, and so that's why I'm trying to like I'm trying to figure out exactly what your terms are. This might have to be a different episode. I, I need your oh, terms in, the in chat, writing. Someone in the chat mentions One Punch Man. 
<laughs> which would be, which I think would might be my example. Mm. But then you know that's the you know it's the central joke of the character, right? The story isn't really about the traditional superhero narrative mm-hmm. structure. It's about you know the exploration of the one character, and it's a comedy as well. Now that's that's the joke. It's it's a absolutely satire abs- of anime. Yeah, yes, the joke. Yeah, absolutely nothing can beat the guy, and he's kind of pissed off. That's the joke. Yes, I I do think like some of the best Superman stories told were superman stories in which you know his his powers are there and his powers are helpful but he does not necessarily use them to save the day but he still has them i guess you know like i said i i need your your terms in writing so i can really dig through stuff here to find good examples oh i hadn't really thought that far ahead no no problem (sighs) um another one from scavenger Gives $10 to say, Logan's powers are dull. As a character, he's okay. A self named Ronin avoids others so they don't get killed, becomes part of a family of outsiders, later as a mentor stroke paternal role to the next gen. Right. But any writer can come in and refute all that in an instant, and that's why superhero comics are shit. Uh, sure. It's it's just a different kind of storytelling is all. It's just it's oh, just no. serialized storytelling. It's the same no matter what. It's kind of power story. fantasy for little boys who don't want to tidy their room mm-hmm. is what superheroes if, is. Because if I was a superman, I wouldn't have to clean my room. I would clean it like the Flash. Because I'm a superman. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Bucky661 Twitch Archive gives five euros to say, I have Wolverine mutton chops because Wolverine. But do they look good? Thanks Thanks for sharing. Do they look good? My guess is they don't. I tend to call them Graham Gardens because Graham Garden had them back in the 70s. Mm. Way before Wolverine did. You need to take a a good, long, self-reflective look and see if those mutton chops actually look good on you. My guess is they don't. Think I need you to think about that for a second. Think I could rock them? Do you think I could rock the mutton chops? Because um, it's just a matter of selectively removing what I've already got. What your your mutton choppy area looks a little thinner than your than your Van Dyke area. No, that's fair enough. So, it's a little lighter there. So you could probably rock a, a, a sweet, you know, mustache goatee combo, but but that area yeah, seems a little I, thinner. Yeah, before I rocked the full beard. Mm-hmm. I rocked the just the uh, the circle. Oh, okay. And like shaved the cheeks. Yeah, yeah. So like, I, I, I'm I'm looking over at, at Yahtzee's main camera because it's over there. By the way, that's that's why it yeah, looks yeah, like I'm I looking off screen for everybody. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, and then I I find like most people who have that mutton chop like grow them out, but then there's just not enough hair weight there to make them look good. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Get, what if you, what if, what if, what about the mutton chop that connects to the mustache, the handlebar? <laughs> that's that's a lifestyle. That's not that's not a hair decision. <laughs> well, anyway, Scavenger gives another ten dollars to say saying Batman is a human is a lie. There's nothing Superman can do that he can't. Fly, plane, laser vision, lasers, punch hard, armor suit. They're protagonists. They all have plot immunity. Yeah. Ah, but Batman needs to think ahead. Superman can just like like fly spontaneously. Batman can't just 
have a plane stashed in every random building. Oh, but he does, which is like again, that's that's that um power creep, feature creep, whatever we want to call it with Batman is yes, he always had like, oh, this is a Wayne Corp building. I have a bat thing here whenever I need it because I'm Batman and I'm so smart. Uh, Batman. What's that that Pixar rule? The rule of storytelling that's usually attributed to Pixar that says coincidence to get your characters into trouble is fine. Coincidence to get them out of trouble is not. Ooh, I like it. See, that's the shit where suddenly revealing that the building next to you has a plane stashed in it. That's cheap if you haven't established it earlier in the plot. Agreed. There isn't some clear reason for it to be there and for us to be there close to it now. Agreed. It's it. That reminds me of the uh, the Alfred Hitchcock quote, uh, or the Alfred Hitchcock story about the 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 bomb under the table. If the audience mm. doesn't know it's there and it goes off, it, it's a one moment of excitement. But if you know the bomb's under the table, but the characters don't, it's a scene of excitement. Mm. Uh, so, I, I remember in uh, my one of my latest books, uh, "Destroy the Galaxy for Cash." Mm-hmm. I wrote a, a sequence where someone gets into trouble and it seems like they're in trouble, but then there's a flashback that shows they were pl- they, they'd actually planned it all ahead of time. Ooh. And so secretly, like, they weren't in any trouble at all. And I felt guilty about doing that. So the moment it was over, I immediately used the same technique to put him in more trouble. <laughs> like, something happens and you think it's fine, <laughs> and it flashes back, reveals, like, something we didn't know, and then, oh, shit, we're actually we're in more trouble now. I felt that would balance the books. I, uh, I very you. much like that. I like that. Using that slightly cheap technique. <laughs> that It's fun, though. There's um there's a really, uh, there's an incredibly super fun, just by the way, a little tangent here. There's a, a very fun tabletop role-playing game called Passions de la Passion. Uh, that is a, a role-playing game where you play as a uh, an actor in a Spanish telenovela. I was about to say, let's... <laughs> I was about to say, is it based on Spanish telenovelas? Because it really sounds like Yes. It. And so, you know, like you're supposed to play a character, you know, like the the lusty maid or the 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 heiress who's a, a little too uh loose with her money, or the the uh the gardener who has a secret. And it's it's incredibly fun, but one of the main mechanics of that game is the flashback mechanic where uh-huh. where you say, wait flashback and then you roll to see how good your flashback is <laughs> and if you roll really well you can like say i set this up and if you roll really poorly the game master gets to say you think you set this up but you didn't uh and it's really fun so that's all that's my tangent interesting uh svs guru 2000 gives five euros to say if you were given immortality and the ability to bestow immortality to a being of your choice Actually, he says Bing of your choice, but I'm assuming he meant being. Bing! Whom would you choose, and why is it your pet? Well, actually, I'd say my wife. (laughs) I imagine she'd probably be pissed off if I wasted my immortality bestowment on my pet. (laughs) That would be... Like that would be one, like a really awkward conversation now, but then like forty years from now, it would be another very awkward conversation. Yeah, actually, we were talking about time loops. I think with Marty mm-hmm. a couple of weeks back, and we were talking about what what one day we would like to be stuck in Groundhog style. Yeah, 
And I was saying probably one of the days for my honeymoon, but thinking about it, I'd want my wife to be in on it as well. Because otherwise I'd wake up every morning having to explain to her why I didn't want to go scuba diving on this particular day. Because I'd already done it like 900 times. <laughs> and, she'd, and then she'd be all like, but we've got this booked in for weeks. What, where'd this come from? And then it would just sort of ruin the mood of the whole day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That'd be, uh, that'd be very tricky. That's like Palm Springs. I don't think Toffee would mind dying because Toffee sleeps so much anyway. Mm -hmm. And when he's old, he'd be like, you know what, sleeping forever, that sounds like a good thing. Oh, yeah. Bedtime is Cookie's favorite time. She gets so excited to go to bed. She would love it. It'd be like going to bed for a super long time. Uh, Oh, I got a message from our editor-in-chief, Nick Calandra, who says, we missed a super chat. Did we? Apparently. So I'm going to read it because he sent it to me. Uh, which is uh, from Will Cooling. Will Cooling says, Over at House to Astonish, Paul O'Brien has done good work charting the evolution of Wolverine and talks about he gradually became a leading man. Okay. Hmm. That's weird. I've got, like, the full list of Super Chats this stream has gotten, and that didn't appear on it. Well, that's what... So I don't know... Don't know where that would have would have been. That's why we have these backers, and I don't like. I'm not denying that Wolverine has become a leading man. I don't think Wolverine works good as a leading man. Is my is my argument? Or when he, he does, it should only be for short periods of time. He might work pretty well as a villain. He would work as a villain. In fact, he's been a villain many many times. Well, you would, wouldn't you? If you lived forever, yeah. you'd, you'd give everything a go. Mm-hmm. I think I'll be only going to be a superhero for this few years, and then I think I will be a Ted Bundy-style serial murderer and see how we do. Just see how we do. If I go to jail, oh, well. <laughs> oh, yeah, just wait till the jail rots around you, I suppose. Exactly. I'll get out eventually. I've... And, and so Wolver... Or just run out the door. What are they going to do? Shoot you? <laughs> right, and so like I just I, I feel like there are some characters that are built to be supporting characters and Wolverine's base character traits are that like, let him be ah. the, the, uh, the fly the in ta- someone's ointment. Like the tails to Sonic. Ooh. Cause tails can't, tails can't die. Sonic can. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, gin jinx and tuna square brackets, mathalos. And then something else that goes off the screen. Okay. Mathalos Gaming, thank you. US $5 is given to us from them. I constructed that sentence weirdly. Long-time listener, first-time donor, not a comic book person, but Jack's description of Wolverine in the X-Men sounds like a Lancer character archetype. What's the, what, what's the Lancer as a character type? I'm I'm looking it up right now. I, I'm sure it's something from like, you know, Hero with a Thousand Faces or something like that. I'm looking on um, TV Tropes now. And according to them, the Lancer is the hero's uh, most immediate foil. Their primary foil. Their number two. Oh, sure. Uh, The example given on the page is Han Solo to Luke Skywalker. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Well, there you go. There you go. And when, you know, when uh, a story is just about Han Solo, it turns out to be pretty dang boring. Yeah, we learned that, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, we sure did. <laughs> Not saying that he can't have fun adventures, because there, there's been plenty of Wolverine one-offs that have been fun and interesting. But yeah, his his core character is to be is to be kind of the the person who pokes at the hero to make sure that the mm. you know the the hero loosens up a little bit, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but basically just the foil. Yeah. Someone for the hero to bounce off, as I'm being the person to bounce off here. Exactly. So which one of us is the Lancer? It's probably me, because you're, in most people's eyes, you're the hero. So I'll be the Lancer. I'm okay with that. I've, I'll live with that. I'll live with that responsibility on my shoulders. <laughs> Trey Cook gives four ninety nine US to say, first off, Saints Row 4 is a great example of that. Secondly, what books are you guys reading? By that, I think he means when we were talking about characters having powers and maintaining that level of power to the end. But you know, I'm not sure video games really counts because you know any video game that's about developing and taking over territory and stuff is always going to be you constantly gaining more and more positions of strength. I would argue Saints Row 4, though, at the very end, in the final boss, a lot of your powers get taken away. Ooh. Because it's the final boss. Mm. It's the final challenge. Sure. That's uh, in accordance with the usual, you know, lowest point and then victory. You know, I, I think um, just thinking of a recent example, like if you look at the ending of Ghost of Tsushima, like it boils down to a, a sword fighting gameplay mechanic that you've been using the entire game. Yeah. I think it's more like um, the plot puts the character at the lowest point there rather than the gameplay mechanics. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, it's a fight that neither party has been really wants to have, but they have to because they've just uh, both too committed to ideals. Mm. Committed to incompatible ideals. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's good stuff, actually. The last boss fight goes to Tsushima. I was impressed. Yes, yes. Uh, the Inquisitive Mug gives $5 to say, the frost breath is from the Jules Thompson effect of air cooling when... <laughs> Sorry, when it's compressed, like from super lungs pushing air through his lips really hard. Yeah, and he can crush coal into diamonds and he can do whatever the plot needs him to do whenever. Who cares? <laughs> Jesse Broffler gives $5 to say, Turns out I was wrong, Jack. It's Ghost Army, not Ghost Brigade. Oh. Saw it on Netflix, but it doesn't seem to be there. It's now on PBS. Oh. Well, thanks for the so that that was the documentary about like the special effects artists and magicians helping uh, the British war effort in World War II, the Ghost Army. Oh, actually, we forgot to address the second part of Trey Cook's question. He was also asking, "What books are we reading?" Oh, okay. I just got done reading Agent Zigzag. I mentioned it in a previous podcast that I was reading it. It's a biography of Eddie Chapman who was the very double agent in the Second World War I brought up earlier when we were talking about magicians. What? Because what, what, what? Uh, I'm, I'm reading books about con men mm -hmm. for my next, so as preparation for my next book mm. and uh, in preparation for Adventure is Nigh, in which my character is a con man. And uh, so I found this book about this dude who was like a double, triple agent for Germany and the UK in the war. And it's a fun story. Mm. 
best. Very, very, very charismatic dude. That sounds as delightful. You, as you would have to be. Oh, God, yeah. yes. Yes, every time you uh, you figure out what lie you're going to use in Adventure is Nigh, I, I just sit back and wait for it. It's beautiful. It's a, a big part of my self-image in that campaign. <laughs> my character has very low health and isn't very good at combat, and his main uh, string to his bow is his very, very high deception bonus. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and I am uh, I'm reading two books. Uh, I'm rereading The Hobbit because it's been a while since I've read it. And mm. I'm also reading um, Pirate Ninja... Um, oh, crap. Uh, well, you've said those two words, and immediately I hate it, whatever it is. Uh, it's, it's called Robot Pirate Ninja. Uh, it's, it's a- I hate it even more now. It is a book about uh, about uh, it's an educational book about improv comedy. So you might hate it even even okay. more. <laughs> is the title an example of how not to the do it? The title is exa- is examples of uh, suggestions that you will get all the time and how to make them interesting, even though you might get uh, yeah. very similar suggestions it, all the damn time. It does it does smack of dickhead in the audience who thinks he's funny, doesn't it? There are so many robot pirate ninja cowboy. I for, oh, I forget. It's in the other room. It's it's called something. Uh, yes, listen. There are there are so many times that we get the exact same suggestion hmm. multiple times a night, and it, yeah. So you have, but you have to make it new. You have to make it new every time you hear it. Every time someone, you know, you ask for a line of dialogue from a movie, and someone says. Um, uh, you're killing me, Smalls. You have to say that line as if it was the first time you've ever heard that suggestion. What's that from? Uh, the Sandlot. Okay. I've literally never heard that before. You've never heard... You, well, you're not a movie person. No. No. What was the line again? You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me, Smalls. It's, uh, the Sandlot is the story of a group of young kids who bond over playing baseball in a back lot. And one of the characters' name is Smalls, and the uh, the the line is "You're killing me, Smalls." I thought it was a line from the room, <laughs> but that's you know, you're tearing me apart. You're tearing me apart, right? Not as popular. Yeah. No. Oh, how, okay. How or or the line "I'll be back." Everyone knows See, you, "I'll be back." Yeah. So when you said a line from a movie, my first the first thought that went straight to my head. Yeah. Stream of consciousness style was play it again, Sam. Ooh, that yep, we get that one. Uh, we don't get that one as often uh, as we get. I'll be back. Well, if you gave me a moment to thought, I guess I'd go with you. Look like the kind of guy who'd fuck a duck guy in the ass and not have the goddamn common courtesy to give him a reach around. <laughs> well, I'm glad I didn't give you a moment then. <laughs> That's actually something we're working on. Is uh, I guess it's hard to be able to yell out something long in that sort of context. It is, it is. But that, that's something we're working on is is ways to give the audience more time to come up with more clever uh, suggestions. So I went, I went to an improv show once where what they had was they just had the audience like write suggestions on a piece of paper and then put it in a big bucket. Ooh. And then uh, picked a few uh, just before the show started. Ooh, that's I think that's a, a very good idea. I feel like my my only worry about something like that is them uh, is the audience thinking that you've planted an idea. 
Okay. You know, because then and then you pick pick a button, and it's like, oh, it's a really funny idea. And if it's not theirs, then it's planted. But if they hear it yelled out, they know it's not planted. I guess. Well, at the show I went to, I knew it wasn't planted because the suggestion they went with was the one my girlfriend at the time. Oh, ended. okay. And I saw her write it down. Nice. But I guess no one else would have had that experience. That's true. That's true. Well, in any case, it, yeah, this is a, a real tangent then. <laughs> okay. And uh, one more super chat, unless we count Trey Cook joining Early Access. Welcome to Early Access, Trey Cook. Welcome, Trey Cook. Uh, the last one's from Gene Rinneman, who gives $5 to say the ability to add someone to your time loop would be an interesting mechanic. Just one, but if they die, you can add another, but not the same one. That would be very, very complicated in a time loop game. That would be very complicated. I guess it depends what sort of game it is. And if it's like a roguelike sort of thing, and you're just choosing like a, a someone to co-op partner with, yeah. it might not be too hard. But if you're doing like a full-on thing, like your 12 minutes or your Forgotten City, mm-hmm. like rewrite the entire plot based on this character <laughs> not being in it anymore. I'm I'm just um I'm just trying to think of like I mean that would that would be so complicated on the back end. Mm, yeah. Of games too. I just don't know how possible that would be. Yeah, I, I yeah, I wouldn't even try. <laughs> right. <laughs> just my first instinct. Mm. Just like I'm not going to do that. Right. But on the movie side of things, watch Palm Springs. If you're if you're interested in that very idea, watch Palm Springs, a, a quite well, wonderful time loop movie about bringing someone into the time loop with you. Hmm. Uh, and Honey Money, I know this is not a super chat. I want to know if I've watched the American version of The Guilty on Netflix. Uh, I have not watched it yet because I don't need to. The other version of The Guilty is so dang good, I don't want to see Jake Gyllenhaal mess it up. Okay. Boom. I don't know what the guilty is or any of the versions of it. I want to say it's a Scandin it's like a Scandinavian movie or so, it's it's a, a European movie of some kind that came out a few years ago uh which is now being remade in America starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, that always works out very well, doesn't yes, it? Yes, but the the version that's out there is already quite brilliant and you, you know, you got to read subtitles, but it's fine. When has that ever worked? Remaking a foreign film in America? Uh, that's a great question. I'm sure there's an example of it working well, right? When has it ever been better than the original? Uh, Might be a better question. Because uh, there are some like movies that you know brought the the uh, the film to full attention. Sure. Like, I'd say, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. No one really knew of the original version before until it was adapted. But that's also weird because that was an adaptation from a book first, right? Yes, Steve Larson's book. Yeah, and so uh, I, w- I would say uh, the American office found their footing more than the British office ever did. Mm, if that counts. Depends what kind of comedy you prefer, I suppose. <laughs> I I think the British office was fine for what it was. Uh, after we get to season of, two of the American yeah. office, they found their own thing. A lot of a lot of British comedy, other like international audiences don't really get. Hmm. Yeah. Sometimes British like British comedy on the surreal, slightly darker side doesn't tend to sell internationally as well. Mm. 
That's fair. Oh, oh yeah, The Departed. The Departed is very good. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen the original. Oh, no, it's, you know, it's also good, but The Departed, you know, makes it different, makes it new, and, and makes it, I'd say, a little more interesting. I kind of hate The Departed for casting Matt Damon and Mark Wahlberg, because those two guys have the same face. <laughs> fair. I don't think those two should ever be in the same film. Fair. <laughs> I'm absolutely okay with that. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. A lot of people are bringing up the Spike Lee old boy, but, you know, yeah, Spike Lee did a reinterpretation of old boy. That doesn't mean it's I, better. I, yeah, I think, I think the original old boy is still like the most highly regarded. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Shall we wrap things let's, up? You know what? Before we, we get off on another tangent, let's wrap things up. Fair enough. Thanks for listening to Slightly Something Else, everyone. We were talking about a whole load of bullshit, but it started off with Wolverine, mm. which is going to be a game by Insomnia Games that we, at this point, know very little about. Mm-hmm. And we should so, all make sure we temper our expert expectations just down a couple notches from Spider-Man. Well, I do that all the time anyway. Right. Well, for those of us who sometimes get excited about things, just bring it down. Bring it down a little bit. Uh, I was Yahtzee Crowshaw. And I was Jack Packard. And you can follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter handles are below our faces. Or if you can't see our faces, I'm at Harlack. I'm at Yahtzee Crowshaw. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow with Zero Punctuation and the Post-CP stream. And uh, my latest episode of Dev Diary, which is actually the last in the current series of Dev Diary, came out today. On YouTube and the main site, actually, for the occasion. So check, so do check it out. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of talk about stuff I was talking about in this podcast, actually. I was talking about how characters need endings to really work. And after they go on too long, things go a bit wonky. Agreed. Agreed. I'm with you, 100%. But Dev Diary is like temporarily ending, but I'm starting a new video essay series soon called Extra Punctuation, which is basically just a video form of the old written column I used to do. So look forward to that. Oh, so many things to look forward to. Yeah. And rem- Adventures and I hit YouTube on Thursday, if you haven't seen that. That's right. If you haven't been to the site to see uh, the official episode one of Adventures and I, the start of uh, the Jade Homunculus campaign, uh, yes. you can watch it on YouTube on Thursday. Yeah, check it out. It's dead good. Although I think it really starts hotting up in the second episode. Oh, do you agree? The first episode's good. The second episode is the is the seller. That's the hot sauce right there. That's 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 when it starts getting all the uh, fun (laughs) parts. Yeah. Okay, we're leaving now. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for watching. Bye.